Thanks for listening to Value-Based Care Insights, a podcast by Lumina Health Partners. My name is Daniel Marino. In each episode, we dive into disruptive success strategies for healthcare organizations, leveraging our expertise, our knowledge, having worked with some of the industry's top experts and thought leaders around the country. Before we get into today's episode, we'd like to invite you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think about this episode and others and what you'd like to hear going forward. In today's episode, we are excited to have a senior healthcare executive, Amit Patel. Amit has led and has successfully created analytic infrastructures that have allowed organizations to position themselves for success within value-based care. Amit, we're really excited to have you participate on today's podcast. Thank you very much, and I'm excited to uh, participate and share my experiences in driving an analytic strategy at a healthcare network here in New England. Amit, in, in our last episode, my colleague Shelley Chopra and I spent some time talking about analytic strategies and what organizations um, should focus on as they start to create their platform of data, their analytic insights, drive some real key usable information that, that creates a lot of change. What I'm excited about in today's podcast and our discussion is you've actually done it. You've taken a very pragmatic approach um, in creating these analytic platforms, and you've done it in such a way that it has really created a lot of operational success um, and some real results for some of these leaders. So as we get started, you know, I guess a couple of questions come to mind. The first one is, is as many organizations, you know, they've invested a lot of money in these analytic platforms. In your organization, you've led the whole analytic strategy around what I would call a, a very pragmatic approach in building these analytic capabilities. Can you talk a little bit about some of your approach, some of the things that you've begun to do and kind of your philosophies around creating that analytic strategy? Uh, absolutely. So in, the, in my tenure here driving the analytic strategy, one of the things I learned fairly quickly was that um, a lot of the data and a lot of the analysis uh, performed in the organization were done in silos and were done by highly capable analysts, but analysts that were constantly working with small data sets and struggling to really bridge, um, you know, multiple analytic areas. So one of the first things that I thought we had to tackle was how do we get data to end users fairly quickly and efficiently? And how do we make that a powerful experience? So one of the first things that um, I was able to get into the organization was a strong visualization platform, and that was Tableau. Tableau allowed um, analysts to be able to really drive on self-service so that they themselves can generate the analytics that would be important for what their current strategic focus was in their department. Coupled with that, we also needed a strong infrastructure from a data perspective, and we were able to stand up a sort of SQL Server environment, but basically a database environment that was able to bridge our major source systems. So in healthcare, you've not only got a clinical system, you've got a very complicated billing system, you've also got a very complicated ERP system, and you're managing quite a breadth of, of departments and information. 
and all of those systems have their own analytic solutions, but ideally we needed a platform that bridged across. Now, we didn't take an approach where we tried to solve every problem uh, with one big hammer. We strategically focused on high, in initiatives that we thought were going to be high impact, and we identified analysts that were embedded out in the organization that were eager and ready to learn um, how to use Tableau, how to think differently about data, and how to leverage data sets that were being created by our shop to further their analytic needs. And that's been a very successful uh, strategy for us. Yeah, it was, you know, just listening to you describe that, in your organization, you took a very operational-backed approach um, where you, it seems like you really gave the power of information back to the end users. Um, in, in a lot of organizations, I think where they struggle is one, they either have these complicated platforms that the end users really, you know, don't know how to use, or in some cases, they'll make these requests for reports to, a, you know, IT department or to a central, central area. And it oftentimes seems like what's being requested from the operators is different from what they get from the analytic folks and rightfully so because you know the operations folks are are creating their request around around what their operational needs are mm -hmm. sounds like in your approach you definitely allow the end users the ability to create their own information which in my mind makes it much more powerful as they begin to take that information and really integrate it into their business operations. Absolutely. Actually, in my experience, I find that when you do, when you do have a sort of centralized analytics shop, and if that centralized analytics shop has a group of talented SQL programmers and talented visualization developers, um, you do tend to get things generated, but those things that get generated may not be aligned with what the business is looking for. And so our approach was, exactly to your point, empower the analysts with large data sets, but don't intimidate them um, in the sense that give them a tool set that makes it very easy for them to get to that analysis. And that allows that, that execution from strategy. Um, and it's important to sort of still have a focus on the strategy. Where, where is the organization going in the next year, three years, five years? And that's where it's very important to have your ear um, in the C-suite space so you understand, directionally speaking, what data is going to be important to drive that strategy. And simultaneously, you can direct your infrastructure team to start getting that together and engaging analysts to help us put those rules into the data sets so that they themselves are getting something closer to what they're actually able to use to be impactful. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, can you talk for a few minutes, I guess on two points that I think are, are important. When you were starting to build um, you know, this, this analytic infrastructure and really given the capabilities and you know, all of these, these tools to the operators, one, what was the level of training and education that you had to do and then Second to that point, um, can you talk a little bit about the culture transformation? I would think the culture piece 
um, has to be quite large, right? Because, you know, again, you're getting folks out of their comfort zone and you really, as you mentioned, empowering the end user to create this level of information. Can you briefly mm -hmm. talk about both of those areas? Absolutely. So <clears throat> one, of the, one of the first things we set out to do was really look at the organization and break it up into sort of portfolios. Um, and in those portfolios, you know, you'll have a finance portfolio, you'll have your ambulatory group portfolio, you have your acute portfolio and your clinicals portfolio. And what we did was identify some champions within some of those portfolios. We luckily had a chief medical information officer that was very data savvy and very data driven. And we partnered with him to say, we're going to give you a, a data enabled program where we will generate data sets for your analysts and it's up to you to ensure your analysts are working with us to generate their reporting needs. And the result of that was the success of their analysts generating reports that were highly impactful to the practice managers and the practice administrators, not only from a financial perspective, but from also a clinical perspective and transitions of care perspective. And that was really powerful because then the practice managers were then able to better introduce efficiency into their workflow. And it was done in such a way that it was built to what their needs were and it was built with a quick turnaround time. And we had trust in what they were generating because we were able to work with that senior leader to ensure that we were highly tied at the hip, so to speak, in sense of the data that we're producing, they know that's the data that they need to use. And anything that was external, we would be able to queue up and get that ready for them further down the pipe. Um, to that point, that group ended up generating far more dashboards and reports than our group could have ever done in, um, in the same time frame. And that really enabled them to be independent and fully driven uh, and start to introduce that data-driven culture into their environment. Uh, so I think it's very key to establish a excited executive stakeholder in a portfolio that is very data savvy and then building out a sort of uh, committee, uh, uh, committee within that group of analysts and power users that are aligned with what we're trying to do uh, as a whole for the enterprise. And then the advantage of that is you can take these committees from one portfolio and get them talking to a committee from another portfolio and that's where we start to see the synergy of data. So now that the ambulatory group is talking to the finance group, instead of competing on reports about my number says this and your number says that, they're being more complementary and saying, well, we're bringing this to the table and we know you can bring that to the table. Let's combine these analytic areas and get that deeper vertical look. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think as you're, as you're describing that, I think the successes that you've created around a couple of key departments builds a level of excitement that really allows the whole organization to you know, just build a tremendous amount of momentum in terms of how they could start to get this data, be empowered with this level of information and really use it to advance a lot of their, a lot of their business activities. Um, you know, the, a lot of times the, a lot of the operators get a little nervous or are intimidated by you know, large amounts of data, they know the information that they need, they just don't know how to get it. So mm -hmm, I think if mm -hmm. you start to create these tools and, you know, if organizations are able to do it in a very pragmatic, a very focused approach, all of a sudden, you know, you don't have to boil the ocean. You give mm -hmm. the 
operators a couple of key tools, key information, key reports um, that really drives a lot of success. And it, it sounds like that's a lot of what you've done within your organization. That's precisely it, actually, because when we when we take that approach, what we found was that well, when you when you take a step back and let's say you bring in a system that is coming in with this massive analytic package built into it, the expectation is that, oh, this analytic package is going to solve everything. But the reality is it can be overwhelming. There's tons of things that are built into that. And unless you have a very strong focus on, on training to use that package, you see a fall on the adoption because what people are trying to do and what they're seeing on the screen are invariably different. And what they're seeing on the screen has to be fit to uh, what most other organizations will be using. So if your processes or if your thought process doesn't exactly line up with that, you run into those headwinds. Whereas our approach was, if we give you a tool and we expose the data to you, you can shape that closer to your process. And by shaping it closer to your process, we'll see stronger adoption. And we'll walk you from from smaller data sets to larger data sets as your analytics becomes more and more um, advanced, so to speak. Yeah, that becomes pretty powerful. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, certainly around the adoption and the whole adoption process of the, the data and the analytic tools. Um, talk for a little bit, for a few minutes around data governance. You know, data governance is one of these things that I think means different things to different folks to different organizations. In my mind, data governance is really not only how you begin to manage the data, but it's alignment of definitions. It's, a, it's alignment of the insights that you gain out of the data. Um, and you, know, you do have to have kind of an overarching approach in terms of how you, you, know, you need to manage this data and manage this information, the level of consistency, so to speak. Can you talk a little bit about how you've incorporated data governance into your approach? So absolutely. So data governance I see as a sort of um, an important key pillar to any data program, regardless if it's in healthcare or any other organization. And that really dictates not only identifying the key sort of KPIs that your organization is following and the definitions to that, it's also governing the processes. How does, you know, how does the revenue cycle do its work when when it, when a bill is or when a claim is going through the system and then out the door by sort of governing not only the metrics and sort of the dimensions like how you want to slice and dice it but also governing process it allows a better communication method methodology between a data group and a business group because now we have a common lexicon to speak to each other that's what the governance really allows is for us to have a shared vocabulary uh, amongst the enterprise. Yeah, you're um, absolutely right. I mean, that, you know, the key point I think that you mentioned there is the alignment of the business methodology and what's needed on the business side with how that needs to align with the data, um, mm -hmm. the definitions around that data. And, and I think if, if organizations can get to that point, Boy, that's really powerful from a data governance standpoint, and I think would Absolutely. really drive really drive a lot of success and, and a lot of positive outcomes. Absolutely, and and especially if you look at the landscape of healthcare, with the number of um, with the number of organizations that are looking to expand, integrate new 
um, organizations into their entity, and the number of system transitions you're, you're seeing where they're trying to consolidate transactional systems, so you have one clinical enterprise system and one clinical financial system um, that's doing your billing. Where governance comes into key on that is in the transition, because as much as, you're, as much as you try to build a system that is comprehensive, when you make that change, you'll invariably find problems and issues that will be affecting either your revenue or the way you, you deliver care. What's nice is if you have a governance program built prior to that, you have an established baseline. So you're not completely in that new world in the dark. You have something that you can fall back onto. Um, in our example, we were transitioning from a multi-Cerner uh, platform to a singular Cerner platform, and we had to sort of put some strong governance around our CDM as we were mapping to a new CDM. And when we got into the other side, we were able to leverage that crosswalk and that strong governance to help us identify areas of uh, attention that we need to put for revenue capture. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. Um, I want to talk for a couple of minutes around um, kind of the, you know, the shift from data and analytics um, to how it needs to drive change for, for provider organizations and, and really within healthcare um, and get your opinion on, on a couple of key things. You know, as, as organizations continue to evolve and as we shift more and more into value-based care, how we use data um, in the future is going to be very different, right? There's this whole transformation mm -hmm. in, from analytics into a digital transformation, for instance. Mm -hmm. In your opinion, you know, how are, how are you seeing data and analytics positioned to drive change in these organizations to help them prepare for value-based care and, and some of the challenges that, you know, we're starting to see emerge in this next year in healthcare? So in my mind, the way I see uh, data and analytics platform, um, it's grown beyond looking to see what's happening within your own business um, and looking for variations or revenue. Uh, if you look at the patient population and you look at the growth and explosion of, of devices that create data for them, uh, it gives you a new channel and opportunity to engage your patients actively. So that way, and they're going to actually expect that because if you can buy an Apple Watch and see all of your health information there, why can't you get that kind of information from your health provider? So there's going to be an expectation that you're, you have a strong digital presence, and that strong digital presence will have to be populated from a strong analytic data platform. It's not alone to just show somebody their bill and show somebody um, maybe just their encounters, but they're going to want more content. The, the, the patient's that are now coming through the system as, as the, so the curve shifts are going to be more tech savvy, more device savvy, because honestly, the, the, if you look at the adoption of mobile devices and other third-party devices, it's been close to a decade where that's ubiquitous. And healthcare is, is, has sort of gotten a free pass, so to speak, from the patient population. But I think that that time is expiring and patients are going to have a higher expectation for a digital experience with their health provider, not just a uh, in-person experience. And that rich experience can be delivered from a strong data platform. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, it reminds me of a, a recent conversation that I was having with, um, you know, one high uh, performing organization where I was 
speaking with the chief innovation officer and you know he was really saying look the way that we communicate with patients is totally going to change as we embark on this digital transformation even redefining the whole patient access models, right? So mm-hmm. in the traditional access models, you know, patients make an appointment, they go see their primary care physician. With the use of data and this whole digital transformation, how we interact with patients, how they access provider systems, either through applications, um, you know, through their mobile devices, um, even through, you know, interacting with patients at the offices, I think they're totally going to change. And it is all really predicated on having that sound data and analytics platform to really support and drive that change. Absolutely. And, and to that point, uh, the, the, you know, the patients I think had, had some degree or patients, maybe a generation ago, maybe understood that the workflow was you come to the office, you have a waiting room, a period of time in the waiting room, then you have you know, a period of time where you're doing this uh, with the nurse and you have a period of time with the doctors, that has, ever since the introduction of, of some of these EMRs, that has become so less human because you have a doctor so heads down on an EMR that they're having trouble sort of interfacing with. You've got nurses that are trying to take all of these vitals, but it doesn't seem like they're really listening to you. So the patient is going to expect far more uh, human touch. And that human touch could be augmented with lots of content that's rich, um, a lot of rich data content that can be pushed through a very powerful user experience, either on a mobile device or on a, on a uh, desktop device. And that is going to be a very, very realistic expectation, I feel, coming down the, down the pipe. And especially as people uh, keep buying these devices like Fitbits and Apple Watches, and these devices, uh, becoming uh, start to integrate algorithms that are actually monitoring your health on your behalf, such as you know the latest Apple Watch, be able to take your EKG and telling you uh, if there's a, sh- a possibility of you being an AFib. Um, when that's an expectation that you have at home on your watch, you're going to expect a higher expectation from your healthcare provider for what they're able to do with their data uh, and how they're keeping a good um, eye on you to keep you healthy. Yeah, that's such a great point. And I think what's going to differentiate organizations, provider organizations are, you know, those, those organizations that are able to really use that data and think about using that data differently to drive really, you know, advanced care, transformational care to patients, I think is really going to be key. And, you know, as I've often said, I think these organizations that use data and think about data as a strategic asset for their organization is really gonna be the differentiator. Um, It's really gonna be what allows organizations to compete differently, to interact differently, and so forth. So one one last question for you. Um, You know, if you were to give some advice to CIOs or chief data officers um, who are interested in maybe taking more of a pragmatic approach, what would be the two or three things you know, advice that you would give in, in helping them understand where to start or maybe what to focus on? So I think one of the most important things is to really framing your, frame your data strategy into what do you want it to accomplish. So is your primary focus to really just understand variations in your business and be internal facing? Or is it you're going to turn this data platform into something that 
could be a transactional system that's now feeding other applications. Um, once you've framed correctly, go and find the right stakeholders. You, you partner with your chief medical officer, partner with your chief financial officer, but also find some, uh, get a strong architect on board and get some strong data engineers on board that, that can shape some of these tactical data sets and get these small wins for you right away. Because these wins, if they're set up sort of in a domino style, as these wins keep going, you'll see the momentum grow and you'll get more and more of the organization into the fold versus trying to bring in a massive platform and sort of going, not the boil the ocean approach, but the, the, this tool is going to solve all end all be all, so to speak. So really looking for those tactical wins early on, but making sure those tactical wins are aligned with where you're going as an organization. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. And, and especially, I think your advice around starting small or starting slow, you don't have to boil the ocean. Um, I think, you know, where, where I see a lot of organizations struggle is when they, they try to do too much. And uh, I, I think it really does create a lot of challenges. Well, listen to me, this has been fantastic. Um, you know, I think a couple of uh, key points in our conversation today that really resonates with me. I think one is, you know, as you built your approach for your organization, taking that operations-backed philosophy and really thinking about what the operators need to drive a lot of their business and clinical success um, is really key in building that analytic strategy. And I think also, too, another point that, that you had mentioned is, you know, really thinking about data to drive the digital transformation and to think about interacting with patients differently. I think data can really be used as that strategic asset to drive a tremendous amount of change. And then lastly, you know, your, your key point around having organizations really, you know, focus on some key, key areas of success, um, you know, the, the areas that will really drive a lot of change, not doing too much, but, you know, having it in such a way that you're really able to capture some key wins, I think are really important. Any absolutely. last comments or thoughts? You know, absolutely. I mean, just to echo that, it's just getting those key wins, what ends up happening is you'll find that even leadership in those verticals will, will figure out they have more ability and that more ability ends up getting them to be more ambitious and it keeps pushing the needle. And, um, and I think healthcare is at this turn now that we've gone from putting in data systems to understand what's going on to now we need these data systems to help us really attract patients and keep them in the loop um, and really, really build that relationship at a, in a much stronger way. Amit, this was great. Thank you so much for sharing your insights. And I'm sure our listeners as well really appreciate a lot of the, uh, your thoughts and your recommendations today. We want to thank you for listening to today's episode on Value-Based Care Insights, a podcast by Lumina Health Partners. We are your partner on the journey into value-based care. To learn more about us, please visit us at luminahp.com. If you find value in today's conversation, please subscribe to all of our major podcast platforms. Again, Amit, thank you again for your time today. Really appreciate the insights and look forward to hearing from you next time. Take care.